Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from the Golden State, sunny California. I'm here in beautiful Beijing, city of museums. Today with me is Bebe. Yes, and it's very sunny here, too. Actually, I looked out and it blinded me. <laughs> it was like blinding. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. The United Nations Conference on Biodiversity is taking place between December 7th and 19th in Montreal, Canada. In today's show, we will take a look at how to reduce the amount of plastic waste that we use to protect the environment and biodiversity. Hey, Jason and I, we really care about this topic and we've we talked about it a few times, especially about plastic because it's everywhere and they mm -hmm. congregate in like swirls in the ocean and, mm -hmm. it, you know, harms animals and eventually ourselves too and all the other species. Absolutely. And we can't increase biodiversity and save the biodiversity that we have if we're polluting the planet and killing animals as we go with more plastic pollution. And I'm happy that um, we are having this kind of conferences. I mean, I actually, you know, after G20 and also APAC uh, meetings, I was much more optimistic. Mm. I, I feel like finally, you know, leaders are sitting down, at least having conversations, right? Yeah. About mm. where we shall go from here and how to face the problems, challenges we have. Instead of just, you know, trying to um, stir things up or trying to cause more problems. So I'm, I'm very happy that things like this are taking place. And December 7th and 19th, that's just like, you know, right away right around the corner. I don't think it's a little strange because in the framework that they set out, they're going to try to ensure that by 2050, there's a shared vision of living in harmony with nature. Mm. I just feel like that's very optimistic. Mm. Well, 2050, that's what, 28 years away? That's a pretty long time. But I feel like, tech, like technology-wise, we're going to make more discoveries. Mm. As long as we I can... I certainly hope so. Yeah, we can focus our attention in this area. And I know that China is very serious about dedicating more effort and more money, more funding into this area. Mm. And I hope other countries are, you know, they know the weight of this. Mm. You know, know how serious it is. Let's get into yes. it. Oh, yeah. Listening to the bridge. So um, many folks just can't give up their daily coffee, including mm. me. Around the corner from their home, I make mine at home. The fast food from their local grocer, the bag of chips, such was it at Del Curry. This is the man's name that Del Curry of the UK got in trouble with his daughter, according mm. to the BBC. He had been hiding his habit of eating crisps, which are chips <laughs> in America, and right. the packaging that went along with it. She told him to make his own company for mm. crisps with biodegradable packaging. His response, quote, all right, then I will. And that began his new brand of chips, Spudos. Spudos. All right. So, you know, when I stopped eating chips, well, like 90%, because mm. I, I love potato chips. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not, I've never really been crazy about like sweets, mm -hmm. you know, chocolate candy, that kind of stuff. Mm. Cookies are okay. But chips, oh, they are irresistible. <laughs> but after I had my daughter... It became a real problem, you know, hiding snacks, mm. hiding junk food <laughs> as they were. Of course, when they're like babies, it's easier. Mm. It was it was easier. Mm -hmm. But then they they are like kids and dogs 
are so sensitive <laughs> to the sound of ruffling plastic. Mm. You know, like you flip books, no one cares. And you try to touch a bag of chips. <laughs> they will come <laughs> like yeah. from nowhere. Actually, that's how I call my cat when she doesn't want to come. Really? Not with crisps, but with a bag. I have cat food that's very special. It's like one once a month treat cat food. Oh. And if she's refused, usually I'll just say, may may, and she'll come out. Right. But sometimes she's like buried under a blanket mm. and too cozy to, she's like, no way, dad. No, you know, wait, no way, Jason, <laughs> right. dad, or whatever. I'm not coming out. Mm. So I'll just shake the food back and forth. Right. That's her reward food. Mm. And she will dart out. Boom. Yeah. See, and speaking of which, I was wondering how long it will take the whole thing to decompose. Mm. You know, maybe the, the chips will go first, crumble, and I don't know if it's made of uh, some special oil mm. that and preservatives. Oh, maybe these chips will actually last longer than the safe you know, if there's enough like preservatives in them. It's great. <laughs> it's a perfect segue. We have an article here, conserveenergy-future.com. How long does it take to do decompose? Ooh. And I, I think this is interesting because I did not actually know all of the details until mm -hmm. I looked at this article. Mm -hmm. So it talks about, you know, plastic. Plastic. So plastic can decompose from 20 to 500 years. Mm. That's number one on the list. I think that's what people want to know. Plastic bags. I don't know why it's separate from plastic. Mm -hmm. 10 to 1000 years. So I guess it depends on how it's made. Maybe because the bags have to be sturdier than some other kinds of plastic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like maybe that. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Bones 10 to 1000 years. So plastic bags and bones have the same decomposition rate, I guess. Oh, wait, bones. How come it's bones. 10 to 1000? Why is that such a huge time span? Is does it, you know, does it depend on your calcium intake? Mm. <laughs> it says the decomposition of bones is greatly affected by the location of the body, seasonal weather, and accessibility oh, of the okay. soft tissues. Okay, so if you're like buried in ice, you'll last longer. I guess so, yeah, exactly. Okay. And gum, gum seems to last pretty long, 50 to 1,000 years. The, you mean chewing gum? Yeah, yeah, chewing gum. Oh, hmm. they last that long? Yeah, I'm surprised too. What are they made of? I don't actually know, but that's scary. <laughs> the one that really scared me is number six. We're going to jump down the list. Sure. Styrofoam. I know, I know, never, I know. Never, oh Was that gosh. possible? I mean, it's got to, after a million years, it's got to turn into something, right? I, uh, I I have the image of a styrofoam cup patting itself on the I'm chest. Winner. Never. <laughs> I never decompose. Yeah, so wait, uh, what are they made of? Styrofoam? I have no idea, but it, apparently we don't want to use that anymore. Whatever you, if you see styrofoam, avoid the heck out of that because that is not going to go away. Glass, interesting. And, well, hold on one second. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I've always had the thing for styrofoam. First of all, I think they're what? pretty <laughs> ugly. The white ones, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The little paper, the little cups. Yeah, yeah yuck, the little cups. weird. And, um, I mean, they're not, aesthetically speaking, they're not pretty. Mm. And they, there's, they, they've got some vicious thing in them. I think they have some dangerous chemicals mm. in them and once you pour like really hot water in it they, they, they will melt and there's like crazy smell um so i'm sure they're not really made of healthy stuff and mm. i wouldn't recommend drinking oh you know they're like noodle cup noodles yeah yeah and some of them oh, come in right, these yeah. uh these cups mm -hmm. so yeah i i was definitely stay away from them yeah so, you're, you're reminding me i think i do buy those i'm gonna stop buying those baby they are uh ones that come in regular packages paper. yeah paper cups. yeah maybe paper cups and i think they're a little better mm. and i have some statistics here which you will mm -hmm. love oh yeah please i love statistics it says three million tons or more of polystyrene products i think they're some kind of a styrofoam mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are produced in the u.s in the u.s annually 
most of which are single-use throwaway products. <gasps> wow. It's like a dagger uh, right here. Well, my, my favorite Hawaiian place in San Francisco, it's a, it's a food with rice, and they have, like, uh, some spam and chicken and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it always comes in a styrofoam container. I know, and street food, like in New York City, they come in yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, um, and it says here that Americans throw away 25 billion styrofoam coffee cups yearly. What, just Americans? Yes, that's what it says here. Oh, my 25 God. Billion. 25 billion. And to circle with a B. Yes, to circle the earth 436 times. <gasps> My goodness. Wow. So those those landfills that they say, oh, it'll be gone in a million years, it won't because the styrofoam will still be in there like they never ah, go. Ah, 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 I went. Oh, I know. <laughs> but they'll probably be bored by then. Um, anyhow, so why not just use our own coffee cups, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like these really cool designed, yeah, nice cups. That's, yeah, that's my steel that. coffee cup, which can be melted down and turned into something else. Yeah, well, uh, at least they will. They're not as bad for the environment. Mm. OK, so stay away from styrofoam. Mm. All right, go ahead. Well, I mean, some of the other things I just want to go over because people will be interested. Glass, one million years. I was surprised. to see, Well, OK, well, you could just reuse it. I think you can melt yeah. it down and turn it into something else. So it's not the same issue. They're not as like they're not bad. They might not mm. decompose, but they're not as harmful. When we recycle things, we use a lot of water. Recycling is right. actually a very water and energy intensive process right. but it's still better than just throwing it in the ground exactly but you know when people say oh um when you say don't use that and they say oh this this is recyclable or we can recycle it mm -hmm. it's not as comforting mm -hmm. as you would think because as jason mentioned it takes energy electricity mm -hmm. and water and that leads to pollution maybe after the yep. year 2050 or 2060 most of the world will be using green energy we hope and yeah hopefully if things continue in the trajectory that things are moving right now so then yes it will still be a water intensive industry but at least the energy will be like mostly renewable by that time yeah and well by then i hopefully with human genius and dedication we'll have some interesting new materials that can completely replace all the you know bad stuff that we use these days i, I just wanted to mention uh something yeah. surprising that i found in this article <laughs> is that diapers take 500 years to decompose wow. Wow. So I, I've wondered about this, but I, I think I asked some people about how safe diapers are, mm -hmm. and they say the things that inside diapers, you know, how they can absorb and hold a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. Some people use that to uh, grow plants. What? Um, it, because it holds water. <laughs> Wait, after after use? <laughs> well, it, you can take a clean one. It doesn't. If uh. it's after use, it's fine because that's what um, it, it's like nitrogen, right? Wow. <laughs> right. Wow. In the past, that's how they. That's uh, what do you call them? Uh, the things that make plants grow what do you call them fertilizers yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. it's natural fertilizer it is i suppose but here in this article it says disposable diapers are the third most common consumer item in landfills that take up up to 500 years to degrade creating methanin methane and other toxic yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. The largest um, land dump in the world is in Nevada. Mm. And they actually there's so much methane coming out of it that they capped it and they put these hoses down oh. through the cavernous body of filth. Mm -hmm. And then they actually siphon off the methane as it's bubbling up to the top mm. and pump it into a town nearby. And it fuels the energy needs of tens of thousands of homes. Isn't that great? I think I heard it somewhere before, but I yeah, this is great. I, I don't know if we can do it in other like in other landfills mm -hmm. to make things at least a little better. But I was very shocked to hear this. I'm, it makes me worry because um, like in China, uh, the older generations, like say my parents and grandparents, mm -hmm. they prefer using 
old cotton diapers. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's say you can make them from old t-shirts and you, like, or wash them. Uh, sheets. Yeah, and, and then wash them. And that's how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when I was a baby, mm-hmm. we didn't have diapers. And um, I mean, it's uh, it's labor intensive. You have to wash them. And I mean, peeing is a little better. It's not too hard to handle. But you know, with poop and all, it gets complicated. And mm. Um, and no one enjoys washing those. So once <laughs> diaper came out, yay, poopy diaper to wash. Oh gosh, yes, and I it really it's it, it's a real mess. Mm. Um, but with these diapers, disposable diapers, it really saves uh, young parents and uh, well, whoever the caretakers are. Mm. It saves a lot of work. So um, I don't think people are going back to the um more friendly environmentally friendly cotton diapers like homemade ones yeah my mom made a stack like a whole stack when um before my daughter was born mm. and we used it for like two or three days and we're like this is impossible mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started buying diapers <laughs> because you know you wash them and then you have to dry them and fold them and then you know after all this work you put it on it takes like five seconds for and- those of us who don't ha- haven't had the honor of having a baby yet Mm. how many diapers does a baby go through in a day oh it depends on the age but like Mm. newborns probably 10 a day wow Uh, so you're talking about washing 10 diapers a day every day for months in the beginning at least yeah um i know but that's how i was brought up like my uh, my whole generation did you guys have diapers when you were babies i think my mom used a a mix of both so like it was like Uh, depending on the time and the age and we'd had both a variety you're listening to the bridge I actually wanted to switch gears here a little bit to sure. something that I don't More think diapers. people would. Well, if you want to keep talking about poopy diapers, <laughs> but I think this isn't really interesting because a lot of clothes are made of polyester, which is a kind of plastic. Huh. So like even even clothes that are like made up, made out of, or say they're wool or say they're cotton sometimes have a small amount of polyester mm. in them, which is made from crude oil. It's one of the byproducts that they turn into a kind of plastic, which you a lot of clothes have in them or are made entirely of. Right. It takes 500 years for that to break down. So you would think plastic wow. cups, but your pants or or suit jacket or tie might be like in a landfill hundreds of years from now, still waiting to finish biodegrading. Oh, dear. Hmm. OK. And also another item that will become a huge problem uh, are masks, hmm. disposable masks hmm. that all of us wait, uh, put on every day. And it, they will take up to 450 years to hmm. decompose. Same hmm. as um, plastic cups. Cups. Oh, yeah. I yeah. guess they maybe they're made of similar things. But so with the COVID crisis and more and more face masks so they'll be ending up they are now more you know in garbage dumps yeah. you know, streets or in the sea eventually yeah. one that surprised me is rubber it only takes one year because mm. it comes from a tree called the rubber tree exactly. so actually it's quite biodegradable mm. and also plastic straws they take 200 years to decompose. Yeah, I thought it would be longer. Uh, but you've have you used these newer versions of uh environmentally friendly straws? I've I've tried paper straws. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I, I don't yeah. particularly like them because either they get stuck on my lips or they will kind of soften after a while yeah if you drink your like mocha or whatever you're drinking like within an hour they're okay but if if your coffee's sitting around at the office all day it's gonna go Hmm. it's not gonna hang out but i've tried another type of uh eco straws 
and they're made of um, something mm. like with corn or um, something like plant-based and they are okay mm. but they're, they're just you know they feel a little different from the plastic ones they're not as smooth but they don't you know they're better than the paper ones mm -hmm. so I'm happy that I'm starting to see alternatives mm -hmm. just like alternatives for these plastic bags well I want to give some context we've talked about this before but maybe some of our listeners haven't heard us talking about it that China stopped importing plastic waste from other countries in 2017 and 2018 and now there's a huge problem because a lot of other countries were claiming mm. that they didn't produce very much plastic waste but actually those countries Canada Australia and the United States especially and some and some European countries now they have huge plastic problems because they can no longer say that they're recycling that because they didn't have the infrastructure mm. to recycle that and a lot of the plastic they were sending to China and they still send to South Asian and Southeast Asian countries to this day wow. is not recyclable more than half of the plastic that's sent to these countries to quote unquote be recycled is not the kind of plastic that is capable of so, being recycled. So it ends up in landfills there or just sitting in huge warehouses or being dumped into the ocean. So they're basically buying landfill space in other countries. Yeah, exactly. I, I see. Exactly. Um, have you heard of uh, these? Well, you've heard of the plastic patches in the ocean, right? Oh, yeah. Every, yeah, every was, ocean has. Because I was watching this uh, documentary. I think it was, mm -hmm. uh, what's the name of it? It's like something about plastic. And it was talking about how um, there was this one beach in Hawaii. I mean, people, when they mm -hmm. hear of Hawaii, they think of like vacation spots. Mm -hmm. But there's this one particular mm -hmm. beach um, that have has collected loads of garbage from the ocean. Mm -hmm. Uh, due to the uh, like the currents of the ocean, a lot of these garbage from all over the place mm -hmm. became like they started to go this way mm -hmm. and end up on this particular beach. And scientists, they are literally on the beach every day picking up mm -hmm. this group of scientists, um, collecting all kinds of weird bits of uh, garbage, mostly plastic products. And they're from all over the world, mm -hmm. even all the way from Asia, uh, mm -hmm. where they use them to um, like harvest products, you know, all kinds of things. And due to these currents under um, the ocean, I think they say there are at least five or maybe five or six vertexes. You know how the swirls basically yeah, vertices, vertices yeah. in, in the ocean mm -hmm. where they just, you know, garbage kept collecting, being collected in these and, and then these huge patches. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the documentary, I think a group of scientists are going to Easter Island. Mm -hmm. You know, that place is really remote, mm -hmm. like not a lot of people mm -hmm. have been yeah. there to see if there are plastic over there yeah. has been drifted from, you know, all over the world. It's it's uh, it's fascinating. What's what's really interesting and a little bit positive in this story, because there's not a lot of positive we can draw from this, mm. is that there are some people who are trying to recollect this plastic as some of this waste mm. so it can be brought back onto land. And some in some cases, for example, they're making bricks out of it. They're compressing it and mm -hmm. making bricks out of waste and then using it to build compounds and facilities and things. Well, they'll last forever. The <laughs> building will last forever. Yeah, exactly. In a rather literal sense. So, you know, they're trying to find ways to reuse. It's not recycle mm. because they're not reprocessing it and like melting it down to make it into something else. They're just compressing it and make it in, into other kinds of products, products that mm -hmm. aren't going to be directly handled by people. And then taking it out of the ocean because it breaks down to microplastics, mm -hmm. it gives us in the 
fish, it goes into us. Right. So now we're full of microplastics. Apparently, mm -hmm. every human being on the planet, the average human being, is, has about one credit card worth of plastic oh, wow. in their body, um, including you, baby. I know, because now <laughs> I remember my husband telling me about this, mm. um, because sometimes I reuse plastic water bottles. Mm. I, I rarely open, um, you know, these, uh, what do you call it? Just uh, spring water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we call it spring water here yeah. in China. Nongfu Nong spring. Yeah, something like that so i really yeah. open them uh because of the bottle mm. um and some once i do i usually keep the bottles for a while and you know maybe i can use it for something else mm -hmm. and sometimes i reuse it and when my husband sees it he's like you know these things can decompose and if you use it long enough the micro what do you call a micro plastic or like yeah, yeah. micro bits of plastic will go mm -hmm. into your system and you can't really digest them and they will collect i'm like oh okay 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 <laughs> i'll stop using it <laughs> Especially if you use like hot water or, you know, like warm or hot water. Well, what's really interesting, actually, that studies have shown is that it's not just coming from fish. So people are like, well, I just want to eat fish. That's not. Apparently, it's in the grass. It's in the soil. It's in the fertilizer. Oh, dear. It's in cows. It's in pigs. It's everywhere in the entire food cycle now. It cannot. We'll be. have to stop breathing yeah. and drinking. Look at what we've done. And what have we been using plastics for? A century? One century? And it's already that, everywhere. Yeah. It's ubiquitous with life everywhere already. I know. It's making Jason very frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the two biggest polluters for plastic in the world are Nestle oh. and Coca-Cola. So I wanted to ask, baby, hmm. who's responsible for all this plastic? Uh, well, not, not me. <laughs> I, I drink about like five to six cans of soda per year mm -hmm. oh wow. yeah and so i'm i'm sorry i can't take full responsibility if you live to 100 that. years that's hundreds of cokes exactly <laughs> hundreds of cans I, oh my god! actually gosh. i've met people who've never drank anything else like not even water they just drink Coca -Cola. yeah there are a lot you're yeah there are a lot of americans um i don't want to say who in my mm -hmm. own family but some of people in my own family don't even drink really water. Well, what do they drink just soft yes. drinks yeah they, they go to the uh 7-eleven style you know similar establishments and they buy the super big gulp filled with soda and get a refill and oh. then that's what they drink for the day they just drink soda and soda like substances wow. all day every okay. day and i have to say these family members mm. are representative of a big portion of americans mm. okay anyhow well let me move on to something else <laughs> i just wish them good health well i think we started off on the right foot because we really want to talk about these new industries that are starting to change the dynamic of what packaging can be made out of Yes, that's a huge problem because mm -hmm. I, I've for years I've thought, how can I start like um, protest of some kind about packaging mm -hmm. in China? Cover yourself with uh, Coke bottles and stand outside of your local grocer and say, "No more Coke bottles." Sorry, guys. What? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's not like the most popular Chinese way of doing things. I haven't thought of a better idea though. But I have a thing against packaging. Mm. It's very, very frustrating. And I've said this in the show many times, especially when it comes to like these huge festivals and holidays, mm. when gift giving is the norm, you know, like between family and friends and work relations. Um, but then can you just like give the stuff without layers and layers of packaging? Mm. And usually in China now they've caught up with all these uh, ways of marketing mm -hmm. right from the West uh, that you have to package your products 
well. Yeah. They probably spend more money like packaging oh, yeah, on the packaging oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and just layer is completely necessary. I am waiting for a law, Jason. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for some kind of a law. Just like let's just dictate that you guys can't, you know, if you use uh exceed a certain amount of um D dictator vaping. Oh, I know. When it comes to <laughs> packaging and plastic, maybe we need something as hardcore. Mm. Because if you do this across the board, mm -hmm. then it's fair competition. Because a lot of manufacturers, they feel like they're losing out if you if they don't have good packaging. Mm -hmm. They might have really, really good products, yeah. but people don't think their packaging looks as fancy as the other ones, and they'll buy the other ones. Not just for food, but also for skincare. Mm -hmm. You know, I know we've talked about this, like nice bottles and nice packaging allures us. We are, they're irresistible uh, to us. But if they... If there's some kind of regulation across the board, mm -hmm. right? Like, say they can't use um, an, an extra or a particular amount of raw material into mm -hmm. their packaging, then they will be competing on a fair basis. Is everybody mm -hmm. will adopt a more simple standard? Um, then then it's fair. It's not really a problem. It's just everybody lower their standard a little bit when it comes to flashiness and when it comes to how neat and you know precious your products look. Mm -hmm. So I'm just venting now. Well, I wanted to say that you're right, Ooh. and there is an, an initiative. And this is from packaging-gateway.com news Yay. plastic pollution coalition countries launch initiative to end plastic pollution by 2040 and this their organization i don't know what it stands for it's called wwf international and that is not worldwide federation mm. which is a totally different organization that is organized by the un environmental assembly chaired by norway rwanda with members canada senegal georgia south korea uk and more have actually begun the process of getting more and more countries to agree to create a worldwide plastic ban by 2040 2040 yeah. oh that, well that's still over a decade away it takes time it takes time that's true yeah yeah okay and i just want to mention a few things mm -hmm. um that people might not be aware of yeah. now something that's gotten pretty popular here in china especially mm -hmm. for young moms are these wet wipes yeah 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 my, my wife is a now, huge fan of wet wipes yeah okay Here's the thing. It takes about 100 years for those to break down. Really? Yes. Wet wipes. They are convenient, right? People use them for removing makeup, uh, changing babies' diapers, and people use them for just cleaning jobs uh, in general. Now, they are almost like a phenomenon because a few years ago, nobody used them, right? I mean, in China. And then all of a sudden, especially with e-commerce, mm. e like people are selling them mm -hmm. all over the place. And because they're so convenient... And they have this uh, soothing, uh, soothing ability. Like if you use them, you feel mm -hmm. like things are. They clean. say stuff like ninety nine point nine percent bacteria kill. Exactly. So I see that. And I'm like, ooh, I want one. And also, like people, mom, young moms use them for wiping babies' bottoms, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always had my doubts. First of all, it's really cold for the babies. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine wiping your Okay, whatever, with <laughs> like cold, wet towels, you know, especially for baby sensitive skin. So that's one thing. Actually, and the other thing, my yes. brother turned me on to that 20 years ago. I don't do it anymore. What? But he was he actually he had his daughter at the time mm -hmm. and he got used to using them on himself at that time. He became addicted to using them but, instead of tissue. But it's wet. But he, he feels super clean afterwards. You want your bottoms dry. Okay, anyhow, he has his ways. But I'm just saying, first of all, it's, it's actually a little bit shy. 
shocking for for the babies, especially mm. in winter time. And now they have those uh, wet wipes warmers. Can you what? imagine? <laughs> we <laughs> okay. live in a totally so, different world. <laughs> you know, yeah. So so that these wipers are not like cold wow. uh, on the baby's skin. Mm. So one thing, and the second is, I wonder how clean they really are mm. because for anything that is wet. Right, you know, like things will start to grow, mm. bacteria, mold, and things like that. So even if they claim that there is nothing harmful at the factory in these yeah. wet wipes, how are they keeping them moist and clean? Because moist and clean, they don't seem to match too well. You know what I mean? Yes. In natural environment. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing, and the third thing I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, <laughs> third thing <laughs> is the fact yeah. that I've always wondered mm -hmm. how they decompose. Yeah. Now they seem like paper a little bit, but here mm -hmm. I found. Found out that they contain polyester-based plastic that's virtually indestructible, mm. and take they take a century to break down wow. after they're tossing the garbage. And because they're so convenient, and people use them for everything, so that we actually consume more of them um, than just regular tissue or towel. And nowadays, for some reason, somebody started this revolution of wiping your face clean with these uh, towel, like dry wipes, instead of facial towels. Wow. Like towels are no longer good enough. And they have to use this like disposable ones. Yeah. Um, and they say it's so much cleaner and, um, you know, no bacteria on these. And like we've been using cotton towels for centuries. They have served us just fine. You're listening to The Bridge. Well, I agree. And I think what one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, there are different ways to approach the problem. Firstly, there is the solution that you keep uh, telling us, is, which is consumer awareness. Mm. The next one is, you know, using another one that your solution, again, using the government to force companies to stop using these kinds of uh, or at least uh, products less, so right? that they less don't exist. Yeah. Another one, and we haven't touched on that much yet, is uh, using alternative materials to make the same kinds of stuff. So yes, great. this is from noissue.co blog environmental friendly packaging materials, nine environmentally friendly packaging materials to help your business go green. Great. I've been and they're materials mm -hmm. that you can use. Actually, this what turned me on to this entire topic is that Eric Solheim, a friend of the show mm. and former undersecretary of the United Nations for in the environment, mm -hmm. actually posted there's a new kind of plastic, it's not mentioned in here, mm. that is made out of sugar combined with, what is it? It's a gas. It's a carbon dioxide. So what you exhale and sugar can be made into biodegradable plastics that can be break down by themselves within a year's time. So I'm actually asking a question in my mind. Like, mm -hmm. are they mm -hmm. edible? Can I lick it and taste? Do they taste sweet? <laughs> no, they are not edible. Please do not eat them. They are become because carbon can become many things. Mm. So sugar is made out of carbons. And when it's combined with other chemical properties, it becomes something entirely different. Okay. Just like sodium chloride. Mm -hmm. If you take sodium, you'll die. If you eat chloride, you'll die. You put them together. That's salt. And you eat, it's oh. yummy. <laughs> so like, <laughs> okay. you can't just eat things that, that are made out of things. Okay, so that, it's yeah, not edible, even though edible. you mentioned no. sugar. No. Yeah, don't eat <laughs> don't it. Don't okay. eat it. <laughs> All right. So number one on this list is 
you know, compostable packaging, which means packaging that is biodegradable. So they're made out mm. of things like corn and sugarcane and bamboo. So obvious kinds of packaging that, you know, maybe you buy a bag of crisps, but instead mm-hmm. of being in that shiny bag that's made out of who God knows what, mm. like it's actually made out of paper. Hey, speaking of uh, wax paper. packaging for chips, another mm. reason why they are, they are not as easy to recycle mm-hmm. is because you mentioned the shiny inside. Yeah. They say that it's not a layer of plastic. It's actually a combination, like two thin layers. Mm. One of uh, some kind of metal and another is plastic. Mm. So even mm. though it's just yeah, a th- yeah, it's yeah. thin p- packaging, if you want to recycle it, you would have to like separate Which the two layers. Which would be almost impossible. Yeah. All, yeah. So, yeah. So, but this uh, new one you mentioned mm-hmm. sounds like it's edible again. Mm-hmm. It's all plant-based. Well, it's not edible. Uh, sugar cane. But yeah, it's biodegradable. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I mean, that's just one. So obviously, number two on this list is recycled packaging. So that's got its advantages. I'm sure you, you know, you, baby, you have a, a, Hmm. I wouldn't say, well, I do, I would say obsession, a love for everything paper. I love paper, yes. And even I save all the uh, quite boxes and it drives my husband nuts because why? Why do you, what What do you do with the, what do you do with the boxes, If the boxes are relatively clean and nice and Mm. also the bubble wrap and everything, I just save them. So then when I mail packages in the future, Oh. I don't use new ones. Do you have like a room full of boxes? Well, in the corner. <laughs> in the corner, I do. I actually have two corners. Getting a new boxes. picture of your home. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just my room. And whenever my, my studio, whenever my husband wanders into this room and he starts like looking around mm. and his head will start shaking. And in the past, <laughs> he wouldn't contain himself and he would like, it would just like blah, 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 blah. I have all yeah, these like, yeah. you know, like garbage piled up. By now, um, he's like a little bit used to it and after three seconds i gently like steer him (laughs) outside (laughs) in the direction of the door Mm. i'm like if you don't look you'll be fine Mm. but the thing is whenever he needs a box for mailing stuff he always asks me Mm. and like he will just like he was like do you have a box he's like yeah and i bring him one size of course you have a box (laughs) yeah and there'll be like maybe something a little smaller i'm like and i will always find the just the perfect size because (laughs) i have like 20 to choose from wow well he doesn't complain then and it comes with like recycled phones and like um, all kinds of bubble wrapping. <laughs> well, you know, actually, they say that when I, when I was teaching kids, one of the things we would tell the kids is the best thing you can do is use a re- reusable thing. Mm-hmm. So reuse is better than recycle because it's less energy intensive. So that's essentially what you're doing. So actually, well done. Baby. I know. I mean, my room doesn't look all that great, but it's um, mm. I, I think I'm helping at least a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number three, corrugated packaging, which basically means like a, it's a kind of card. It's a kind of cardboard mm. that is made very uh, very pulpy mm. so that when you throw it back into the system mm-hmm. or the food the food supply and everything it can just break down into soil pretty quickly yeah and in this article we i want to mention some of these brands or stores that are using these mm-hmm. for example uh the one you just mentioned everyday wine they yeah. use these boxes if for... you want to drink wine they are your go-to right and also uh for compost compostable packaging mm-hmm compostable yeah compostable it can be broken down in your own home so some people compost in their backyard yes and so the baby and children's stores sun sea days they use that Mm. and uh i try to you know if if we can help them a little bit why absolutely that's a brilliant idea i had not thought of that Mm. so let's do that for each one of these because each one of these has you know some marketing Mm. cellulose packaging so cellulose is made out of hemp wood cotton these are very biodegradable and compostable Mm -hmm. so what is the name of this kitway food and farmer's 
Market uses mm. this. Yes, and also another material called glasini. Mm. Have you heard of this? I, I mean, I see it, but I don't really understand it. That's why I skipped. <laughs> these are like transparent paper packaging. You you see them all the time. They look very pretty. Mm. Mm. They're, they're like half transparent. So and it's just paper. Uh, it's made of, it's smooth, glossy paper. Uh, mm. I think they are manufactured from wood pulp. Mm, mm, mm. Um, maybe like, I don't know, some other special uh, items in it. Mm -hmm. And But they're recyclable and biodegradable. Mm. And they are pH neutral and acid free. And this candle company, Bell, B-E-L-L-E, candle company, used them to wrap its look like luxury candles. Mm. Because they, they have this nice look on them. And you have like nice prints. Did you know you can reuse candles? What do you mean? There are candle holder, candle holder at the end. That's mm -hmm. what they're called, of course. <laughs> the candle holder, they have a little vessel in the bottom mm. where as the candle is melting, like oh, more than 50% mm. of the wax actually just pours down mm. into this where you capture it. And inside of it, you put a wick mm. before it starts to melt. So as the first candle melts, it creates a second candle. Oh, and then like you a baby candle. Yeah, and then you open it up and you have a new candle to put back into the top and do it again. Wow, smart. Mm. That, see, that's what I call design. Yeah. I like I like smart designs. That is very pretty neat. Yes. Okay, so uh, we have cornstarch. Yeah, packaging. so this is made out of corn. Americans would love that the American economy is built mm. on corn. <laughs> yeah, so instead of like making them into food, mm. uh, making them into packaging is probably healthier. And they'll be like... Yeah, so they can make bubble wrap out of cornstarch packaging. So basically corn packaging. Be like, the difference between these chicken nuggets and this package is <laughs> less spices. <laughs> One scientist from Yale, one scientist from Princeton, you know, same yeah. materials. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and also, have you heard of uh, mushroom packaging? Yeah, that is really interesting because it's kind of like styrofoam, but you throw it in the earth and it just becomes earth again. Isn't that amazing? Mushroom it is amazing. packaging. So it's like a fungus found in mushrooms. Um, this mice, mycelium. I have no idea how to say that. <laughs> so it, basically, it's, it's actually a sturdy packaging material. Hmm. And in, you can use them to like ship wine and stuff and mm, they mm. look pretty well, I get, presumably you could you could use it to pretty much ship anything because anything that comes with like one of those styrofoam little uh, mm -hmm. clouds and i don't know what to call them right yeah you could just throw mushrooms this kind of mushroom in there and it would do the same thing but instead of like those styrofoam mm. bubbles which will be in the 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 dump forever ever. apparently forever apparently <laughs> yeah these mushrooms will just be there for a few months and then just be soil and um there's this company this candle subscription subscription company called key k-e-a-p they use mushroom packaging mm, when mm, shipping product mm. and i personally i'm willing to pay more for uh, more sensible packaging no i'm not much into candles but my wife is because like you mm. she practices buddhism so she needs mm. candles for some of her like uh worshiping right and so like if she's going to have candles, she might as well get them from a company that's being environmentally responsible. Like a glass uh, bottle. Because, you know, a lot of these uh, smaller candles, they come with a aluminum bottom. Mm. And I bet they are a little hard to recycle yeah, yeah. because there's thing, things stuck on that's them. That's true. So, that's a anyhow. good point. Number seven is this. is I'm going to let you go because this is right up your alley. Oh, craft paper. Yeah. yeah well, paper <laughs> made from wood pulp. Hey, Ashley, in one of the science projects for my daughter, probably the first one of this semester, they made paper. Mm. So they have this little... Oh, yeah, um, yeah. We did that too. You yeah. did that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually rather simple. So she melted some, like, uh, toilet paper. Clean ones, of course. Oh. Or you can use other things. We did, yeah. I'll tell and, you how we uh, did it. Yeah, and it was actually pretty simple and she was really excited. But the first one we made was so thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, really... But later on, we tried different versions. Mm. Um, and, you know, you can buy them, these craft mm -hmm. paper online, and 
they're so much more expensive though because they're usually handmade and that's how paper was made like thousands of years ago in china yeah, essentially um, I, mean, that, for I mean that's how paper is made they throw the logs into a huge pool of water and like let them just sit mm. with sometimes they add chemicals to accelerate the process but what we did actually we took the children's work that was already done and mm. needed to be thrown away or discarded and we had had the kids tear it into tiny 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 little pieces with their tiny tiny little fingers like cool destroy your own work yeah yeah and we filled <laughs> we filled a, a couple of tubs with this and mm. water and mixed it up and let and kept mixing it for a few days until it became almost like a pulp mm. then we poured it into you know forms mm -hmm. and plastic forms i guess so you know we can keep reusing those each year right and then after it dries out you just take it out a couple days later and you have paper like really thick paper why don't we do more of this in kindergarten or mm. in even in elementary school like make all kinds of things mm, mm. instead of sitting there learning how to like read and just write and do math let's use our hands i like, do all kinds of such products yeah, yeah yeah projects how to grow things yeah, i yeah. think that's what we should learn we, we grew we grew um what are they called uh mm. beans just so that they could see that beans would grow and that it was true that water and soil and sun mixed together made things grow right and that, that it takes forever so don't waste your food it only took up like a week before we had them sprouting like three four inches tall mm. it was actually really surprising yeah but then to grow into full beans you know even yeah, a yeah, tomato yeah. it takes months our trick is we send them home after about a week or two because after that if they're not transplanted correctly they just start molding and we were like yeah here you go take this home your problem off, off my hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> now this, if something goes wrong i didn't do it i know okay so the last item mm -hmm. on this uh, in this article is green cell phone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is a bio-based foam and material made from guess what corn u.s grown corn it doesn't have to be u.s grown i think that whoever made this website obviously is from the, the u.s, US. <laughs> yeah but it could be corn from anywhere not just necessarily the u.s so mm. we have actually another list so there are some things that are on this list that were not okay. on the other list innovations in packaging materials i love exactly this. so okay. number two is seaweed packaging which i've seen Ooh. it's really cool you can get like things that Minnesota made with their package this way I, so it's seaweed packaging Packaging. I think seaweeds have been has been underappreciated, mm, especially mm, mm. in the West. You know, we know that let's say in Japan, uh, in Korea, and also mm -hmm. in like coastal areas of China, people consume lots of seaweed. I used to mm. eat a lot of seaweed when I was little, little and we mm. made them into like soup. You know, together with meat and bones, yeah. and they actually taste really good. It is really good. I actually really, I love eating seaweed. Did you know it's really good for your thyroid? I heard. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. other, you know, not not just that, but for uh, other reasons too. They're good for mm -hmm. you. Um, mm -hmm. But here it says it's actually uh, useful for packaging too, seaweed packaging. And it has been hailed as a sustainable solution for single-use packaging for several years. No, what's not on either of these lists, because there have been different innovations in packaging for the last, you know, decade or so, mm. is there was a, a company i don't know if it still exists that were making um you know the those little rings that go around six sodas that come together yeah the plastic rings which people hate right because I've they seen always them get on... stuck in dolphins and yeah stuff. exactly yeah. on necks of uh turtles they and, have ones yeah. that are made out of compressed like paper with seeds in it that are highly biodegradable and meant oh. to be thrown into your garden so when you're done oh, with them oh, you nice. tear them up and throw them into the soil and kind of loosely cover them with soil and water them mm. and you come back a week later to 
they're flowers. Yeah, and your dogs can pee on them and make them grow better. <laughs> sure. See, well, if they can go You're obsessed with dogs today. <laughs> the great things they do to help the environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but such ideas, if it, they can reach a certain scale, like yeah, yeah, economy yeah. of scale, it won't be as expensive as you think. Because if they enter the market as just a fancy thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, a fancy thing that people who are willing to spend extra yeah. like $10 for, then they're not going to catch on. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully someday, right? Well, I mean, someday. let's look at the process by which most plastic straws in developed countries, at least, were replaced by these straws that people hate. Hmm. That did happen in a suddenly like a year. It was like, oh, oh, let's do this. And then a year later, it was ubiquitous everywhere. Hmm. If we could somehow get a movement of people who care about this change to, you know, biodegradable kinds of packaging, like globally, we could change the outcome for the planet for, you know, billions of people and trillions of potential packages really change the future for the world. As you were saying this, I have an image of seaweed under the ocean shivering. We're coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) They feel like we can no longer live in peace. (laughs) I know. Jason just said they're they're coming for us. (laughs) You're listening to The Bridge. Well, another innovation is that bottles made from recycled fishing nets. Have you heard of it? Speaking of growing seaweeds. And- I hadn't heard of it until I saw this. I'm not actually sure what this meant. When I'm, I keep picturing in my mind different things. I want to see one. Okay. <laughs> I, I think they just um, hmm, re- recycle parts of fishing nets. Mm. Um, like this place, Denmark's Rema 1000 teamed up with green plastic manufacturer mm-hmm. Plastics to create dark green packaging from recycled fishing nets mm. for it's dishwater detergent bottles mm. so they can they collect and recycle plastics from the fishing industry mm. and they convert the fibers from fishing nets trawls i don't know what trawls are it's, the, it's the, it means the boat yeah oh, okay and ropes into high grade green plastic raw materials mm. that can be used for new products mm. so i'm i'm getting a little bit more uh optimistic yeah yeah at least we have uh, multiple solutions and so in the future it's just a matter of uh bringing them uh, lowering the price right yeah yeah forcing i don't i think you can't just say hey nestle hey coca-cola you need to do this please what we need to do is either one of two things put pressure on them as consumers and like we're of mouth and like stop buying their products mm. which is not really very viable or go back to Bebe's original solution get the government to put pressure on them to say yeah yeah, yeah you said you said if you were we were talking about dictator Bebe dictator Bebe rises oh, to power oh, and she forces all of these companies oh, okay I want to go to number 10 because it was what I was talking about it's called plantable packaging so it's it's oh, packaging and this there's an there's an organization we can plug they're called Ooh. Pangea Organics and they sell bar soap so and th- is your wife into soap a lot of women are into soap. She's a not really a little bit. But, you know, what the thing is, after you take the soap out of the packaging, mm. you go plant the packaging. And I don't it doesn't say here what will grow, what it grow, what will grow. So it'll be surprised. Well, maybe <laughs> whatever was um, part of the ingredient for the soap, because, you know, a lot of different things they use oh. plants. It says Canadian pine oh. with white sage, maybe pine and white sage grows. You know, just looking at the packaging, I, I will buy this. And this bar of soap <laughs> is probably worth about, I don't know, 8 or $10. Oh, yeah. This is not cheap. So. But <laughs> they are very collectible. 
I think there are people, you know, people collect candles and also soap. They just well, think so about nice. this. If Bebe, you know, buys it and my wife buys it and, and some of our listeners buy it, eventually mm-hmm. the price can come down because they can manufacture in mass. And then yes. millions of people could be buying Pangea Organics Bar Soap, mm-hmm. Canadian pine with white sage, and we could be planting Canadian pine trees all over the world wa- over and will be clean and, like your husband likes. And they might even grow <laughs> in your bathroom. You know, if you accidentally leave them somewhere, it's a moist place and also i i think um don't always get so scared with a like a little the higher prices Mm -hmm. of these products because um one benefit of buying products of higher prices is that you're going to buy less what do you mean which is a good thing these well let's say if i spend uh eight dollars ten dollars on a bar of soap that's going to seem so much more precious Mm. to me than you know 10 bars of regular so you're going to wash your hands left often (laughs) no i'm gonna i still gonna wash them but i will enjoy them more Oh, I see. You know, the washing won't just be washing, but it will be like a ritual. Maybe you'll wash longer. You'll be like, oh, this is the good soap. I need to make sure I get my- I know. <laughs> I'll breathe in the Canadian pine with the white sage and mm. it will cleanse my mind. So it's not just like a physical washing thing. I think we sound like bacteria. an advertisement now <laughs> for this product. We made this whole episode just to sell this soap. <laughs> well, I don't know if they'll ever hear this, mm. but uh, I like her packaging, by the way. Um, I'm just saying, you know, you're going to appreciate uh, the process more. Let's mm-hmm. say you're using some environmentally friendly shampoo or soap or even just a straw. Mm-hmm. It means something different when you do it. And um, you might not end up spending as much money because you're going to buy less. Mm-hmm. You're going to enjoy whatever you have more. You get more joy out of it from this one item than 10 uh, duplicates of some other, you know, lower quality quality items. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I do. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Number 12, I think is really fun. So we're going to have to talk about it is sure. packaging made from cow manure. So US-based cow pots has found a way to make plastic-free packaging out of cow manure, making it renewable resource and their circular farm strategy. Wow. It doesn't say what kind of uh, products they are manufactured for. Mm -hmm. I may have to watch out for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm kind of confused because you would want cow manure for fertilizer. So you're kind of almost removing something from the farm-like cycle cycle to turn it into this mm. so is it really positive i think we'd need a scientist to really tell us if, if this is a positive or a oh negative. yeah because i know that people use it for fuel mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're yeah. not as efficient but it's part of nature well you know you, you can do what cowboys used to do hundreds of years ago in america is they would find in a very old dry cow patty mm. and they would just light it on fire and that would be the fire that they would make food over and keep warm by oh, right yeah. And do you remember uh, the world's dirtiest man yeah, yeah, yeah. who just yeah. died in October? He used to smoke animal why <laughs> well that why baby that's just what he liked oh. don't you remember i do I, I i was trying yeah. to forget that <laughs> no, people actually offered him like a real cigarettes but he preferred that oh no and if you think of it if you think of it cow manure for example it's just grass right mm. and it's been processed <laughs> and it's been fermented in a way mm. so maybe there are a certain fragrance to it and according to what i heard mm. cow manure like these natural uh things mm. they don't smell as bad not as yeah. 
hours, you know, because we eat all kinds of uh, weird stuff. Who told you I ate all the weird stuff? So number 14, <laughs> and I think this might be something you could try. Again, you mm. love paper. It's oyster paper. Oh, I can't relay the two things together. What? Oyster paper? <laughs> oyster paper mean? is made from discarded residue from the leather manufacturing huh. process. So it's not actually oyster. It's just called oyster paper. Okay. And it's uh, Eco 3 range takes advantage of this material for our swing tags swing? and packaging that make these kinder alternatives for, more accessible for your brand and has a picture actually i don't need any of those like just give me the thing you're selling like you know how nowadays they <laughs> you open a package and there's like yeah. a little card and there's like a little envelope mm -hmm. that contains a little like gift of some sort yeah. i'm like don't give me any of any of these you know, i don't want to pay for this and i don't want you to waste all these you know material. also like, that is actually a really good point and that's something in my rush to do all this research i totally missed mm. when you go to the store in china and in america mm. you can just bring your own package and yes. then when you see like i want beans or i want this other thing mm. they have these huge tubs that you could scoop it out of and put it into your own container exactly and then you can just bring it home and guess what there was zero packaging mm. it's it's feasible you don't need we don't even need all of these pr other products if everyone just behaved like a, it was a little inconvenienced just slightly not even that much exactly like by carrying your own things to the store then when you go home from the store you wouldn't be adding any pollution to the environment and, at all and let's just be honest like regular plastic bags they are just ugly mm. don't you think they're ugly they're, mm. they are so far from mm. being elegant you know yeah. if you are like dressed up in nice suit uh no matter how well dressed you are yeah if you hold a plastic bag <laughs> in your hand it ruins the whole thing well that's a good point yeah, yeah i'm gonna stay away from plastic bags when i'm wearing suits now <laughs> exactly it just it just brings you down i man. gotta say baby you know i bought those cloth bags from the store mm. and i've used them mm -hmm. a couple times in the two months mm. that i've been living in my new residence here in beijing mm. but most of the time by the time i i realize i'm at the store and i need to buy something it's too late and i've forgotten to go get my dispose my my mm. reusable bag and then right. so, sometimes i'll just buy less so i can carry it in my hands home mm -hmm. but often Oftentimes, it's just like, okay, plastic, please. Well, the thing is, um, you, you can put one um, on your, like, leave it on your doorknob. Mm. So when you leave the house, it's, mm. like, right in front of you. Mm. Or when you think of it, say, I'm going shopping today, if you remember that, and then put the bag in front of, uh, on the doorknob. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to remember. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. I wanted to talk about, because we talked about the recycling process and that it's water intensive. And I'm going a little off topic here. I had previously said in one of our other episodes that um, desalient the process wherein lots of energy is used mm. to take ocean water and create mm. fresh drinkable fresh water, water is actually mm. creates this huge brine problem. But actually some new cutting edge processes don't produce the same byproduct. What they produce are mm. salt bricks mm. bricks of compressed salt that can be used in things like huh. construction and so in fact you don't have to put this brine fluid back into the ocean so it is possible in the future with mm. green energy and renewable energy to take ocean water and convert it into fresh drinking water without polluting the ocean and i've uh, always thought that you know material science mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. also uh, like related majors 
environment related majors should yeah. be promoted even more. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think yeah. there will be a lot of uh, more job opportunities, mm -hmm. at least here in China. Yeah. I mean, the government is devoting so much more attention and money into uh, research um, in, you know, regarding how to improve the environment. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, college students who are still wondering what major to major in, these are possible alternatives. Yeah, really good choices. Yeah, if you have the math, engineering, ability, mm. chemistry that require is required, these are things that humanity needs. And countries like the United States, UK, mm -hmm. China, France, they are pumping money into research and development in these fields. Mm -hmm. And you would have grants guaranteed for your entire life. Yeah, like, you know, big companies like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, mm -hmm. they should start foundations or yeah, yeah, give money yeah. to the research of this kind. If they can find... Uh, alternative packaging materials like you know and and, and bottles and plastic and bottles new solutions yeah i will yeah. i will drink two more cans of coke per year <laughs> just to support your business well, i'm not a big fan of coca-cola but my wife is so i will also let her, i will let her drink more coca -Cola. three All more right. cans per year oh baby we're out of time this is a great topic okay. i loved today's topic That's i hope our fans did too it did fly by thank you for joining us and we'll talk to all of you next time yes all right thank you jason see you guys next time bye bye Bye.